For the past few years, I think I've been viewing my dad's life as if it was one of the great Greek tragedies. I tried to find beauty in his suffering and suffer along with him. I've been thinking about this moment for so long that I tried to make sense of it in ways that probably weren't the healthiest. I even started writing a version of this last year. It was basically a 10-page thesis on my dad's life and everything that went wrong. My diagnoses that I've given to him to explain the unexplainable, my dark experiences while living under the same roof as him, breaking down his crippling sense of nostalgia, his disconnection from reality, and his uncontrollable fear of being alone in the world. In the past couple weeks, though, I realized that that was more for me than anyone else. I told myself for a long time that getting up here and explaining my dad's behavior to everyone would be bringing him justice, but in reality, nothing that I say could change anyone else's experiences or memories they have involving him. Everyone had their own relationship to him, and now that he's gone, the finality of this chapter coming to an end can feel a little weird and very sad, but it can also bring peace. Because in my relationship with my dad, and I'm sure a lot of you can all relate, the sicker he got and the more pain he was in, I felt increasingly more confused and hurt. But now I know I can find clarity, and for the rest of my life, I know I will never stop thinking about how much he meant to me. Looking through all of the old pictures of our family when we were all kids just reminds me that my relationship with my dad and what he means to me is always changing. When I was little, I would cling on to him like he was everything in the world to me. As I got older, I started to discover his imperfections and I suffered because of them, but I still loved him more than I could ever possibly explain. As things change, the place someone holds in your life changes as well. This is just another change, even if it's a painful one. Since he had been really sick, talking to him and seeing him just felt like someone had stolen him away from me. Like this person sitting in front of me is just a shell of someone that I used to hold so dearly. And if you saw him recently with the shape that he was in, maybe you feel slightly relieved too. It took me a while to decide whether I should feel guilty or not about that. But emotions are not something you can pick and choose based on whether or not they align with your value system. The years that I lived in that house with my dad and my gaga were the best and the worst years of my life. My dad was my best friend. Spending time with him was my escape from everyday life. And when he was sober for a while, things just felt okay. And that was a very significant feeling to me growing up. I feel like I let go of my childhood the day I realized he was never going to get better. But even still, the fact that I will never again tell him goodnight as he reads under the light coming from his bedside lamp breaks my heart. The biggest difference I've noticed since he left us is that while he was still alive, when someone asked me about my dad, there was just too much to say. I was plagued every day by the complexity of our relationship. I hated the fact that I didn't want to talk to him. I hated that he hurt me, and I hated that I loved him so much. But now, if I met someone and they asked me about my dad, I could say without hesitance. He was a great man. Unfortunately, he passed away, but I am perpetually grateful for the fact that I got to know him and love him.
So that clip you just heard, it, uh, it was what I said at my dad's memorial service a few weeks ago. Um, you know, for, for the both of us, we have had death be very relevant in our lives recently. Just because, you know, you had a grandfather die recently, I had my dad die. Um, and I think we've talked about that in previous episodes. So, I mean, it like, wasn't an unex- unexpected thing, as you know. But, yeah, I think just having people die in your family, people that were close to you or just, you know, a, a, a significant part of your life or somebody you grew up with, it really makes you rethink a lot of aspects of your own life and how you feel about death and how death is viewed um, just in our society or the people that we surround ourselves with and I think we just kind of wanted to reframe death for ourselves and actually question how we do feel about it and not just how we are told to feel about it so first we we thought we would talk about the fear of death because you know everybody that we surround ourselves with and and the media everything you see is just kind of like everybody is supposed to be afraid of death because it's a scary thing and it's the end of life but you know what are we so afraid of really yeah i mean uh, death is a natural uh, end to most creatures if not all things and um my family dog died recently as well and we were there with her when we took her into the vet to, to put her down so that she wouldn't be in a state of um, like slowed cardiac slowed heart rate for days it was better just to put her down then you know, and I watched her eyes as the life went from her and we held her um, and with my grandfather as well he had uh, Alzheimer's and I think he died actually a lot more gently than people with Alzheimer's uh, often go which is at a point where they might be refusing to eat or drink so they just kind of die of um, starvation or Mm. hydration and so well, yeah. what, what was different about his death? He hadn't gotten to that point yet. Uh, oh, okay. He just kind of expired, it seems. Okay. Um, you know, my mum was with him before it happened. She said he was, he was eating and drinking, like, heartily as he could the day before he died. So, yeah, I think that, that's quite good. But, I mean, um, the societal... An understandable fear that uh, that we have of death. You know, it's just not always valid. I think when um, when it comes to times that there is more pain or suffering than is worth the continuation of a of a broken life or a, a strained life. You know. Well, yeah, we 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 wrote down here. Um, life is not always better than death and just because someone is young doesn't mean they died before their time um, you know the, the the fear of missing out like say I mean that, that's a lot about 
what people say when somebody is young, like, oh, they were so young, they had this large future in front of them, they're missing out on the possibilities of their life, but that notion is questionable because when you're dead, you have no idea what you're missing out on. So you're not going to feel like you're missing out. The only people that are in pain or are feeling lost are the ones that you left behind. Um, because, you know, you're dead, you're not feeling anything. And it's it's sad for the people that you leave behind. And it's, you know, they're feeling pain. Like, I'm feeling pain. I, you know, I miss the person that I that I lost, the person that that died. But also I can find some reassurance in the fact that you know whatever pain that they were feeling they're not feeling it anymore it's so it, it is kind of just like a an end to the chapter and if that person was sick or if they were depressed or just you know not having a life worth living so to speak then you know they're not missing out on anything really yeah, I mean, I think on a broader and deeper level, um, any death in your life can remind you of, of your own mortality and what you said about the person meaning a lot to you or being a big part of your life. The deaths that happened in my life recently, you know, uh, the family dog, which is not on the same level as a human that you could love, um, and my grandfather who lived overseas and I didn't have a very close relationship with. But even still, these deaths, you know, remind me that life is all you have. Um, and I think when you come to the end of, uh, of having all you have and, and having lived it, uh, you must die. And Would you say that the death, though, that you've that you've experienced recently, has it made you act any differently towards your loved ones and the people around you? Yes. Um, because it has, like, shown you mortality? Well, yeah, you know, it, it didn't make me depressed or anything, but it certainly made me kind of mentally st take a step back and, um, and be in that state of reflection for a few days, if not still mildly. Um, because I think especially with my grandfather the, a young man's grandfather dying you know to me it just says like see see your ancestors go and, and now you are closer to that line of adulthood and of human spiritual Continuance, as in, it happens to everyone, and everyone had a grandfather, everyone had a father, everyone had a mother. Um, and now yours may be gone, but you, if you choose, can be that to someone else. And it also shows you know you know, especially if it's, you know, somebody older than you that was parent figure or was a parent figure to your parent figure um, it shows you you know how you are similar and what you want to follow and what you don't want to follow like what mistakes did they make what did they do right 
I think it teaches you a lot about yourself and who you want to be. But I think for me, you know, with my father dying and then being around like all of my siblings and all my family afterwards, just kind of, you know, reminiscing on our childhood and looking at the chapter that had ended, looking at what we were losing or what we had already lost. Um, it just made me think about how family really is important and not everybody gets that. And I think sometimes we take for granted just, you know, the people in our lives and the families that we were given. Maybe we look at other families and we're like, oh, I wish my family was as chill as theirs or we could get along like them. But at the end of the day, I think just having a family and being able to connect with them in any way is is sort of a blessing. Yeah, I think even if you're not able to connect to someone who has died in a very social way, um, you can reflect upon, on, or you might be brought to reflect upon how their blood is your blood. And if it is someone who came before you as opposed to a sibling or something, who, who, whose actions brought you into life and now their life is over you know you, you can start to think about you know what if your dad hadn't met your mother you know, what, what if it was just sheer coincidence and they just didn't meet you and you exist you know a child of his might exist but it wouldn't be you and just as your just as my great 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 grandparents lived their lives and died and uh, shared their blood onto their offspring. That is what has brought me into being with my grandfather or your dad. And like even, you know, if you and your family have a lot of differences, you're not able to connect that well. It's like there are some similarities just, you know, by the, the way that you were raised, if you were brought up in similar environments and then also just you know, biologically, hereditary, and all that. I was talking with a woman last night. I came home to my house kind of late, and my mother and sister were talking to some family friends, but there was a new woman there who I didn't recognize. But when I got closer to her, I recognized that she must be related to the woman that I did know, because uh, mm. they were sisters. Yeah. And, you know, I... I don't know if I'd ever known, but at least I found out that they too have seven other siblings, seven older siblings, a sibling of, siblings of nine. Oh and, uh, and even those two younger sisters are fairly different from each other. Are they from here? Arizona. Okay. Okay, so here we have everyone will die. It is an inevitable fact and the natural conclusion to life. So yeah, I mean, I've definitely thought about that lately. It's like seeing people die and, you know, going through that experience, it makes you think about how you'll die and how you want to live your life in a meaningful way because, you know, whenever you think about your own mortality and how, you know, you could die at any moment, sooner rather than later, maybe, you know, in a long time, but 
at the end of the day, you know, you should think about how you will die, and that should make you think more about how you want to live your life and what you want to experience, what kind of person you want to be. I mean, there's a quote that I've told you, I don't know if I've said it here, but uh, this Confucius quote, every man has two lives, the second begins when he realizes he only has one. Oh yeah, okay, I remember you saying that. I think, for me, it makes me think about how you only have one life, and you may be someone who strives for not necessarily success in a financial or leverage sense, but success maybe in your hobbies or your passions or your romance or, you know, more, more cultural aspects of your life. Or you may be someone who sees the way that life is, takes a, a simple trade or, or role in life and makes the most of that. And I think that either way is important because they both allow you to realise that you only have one chance. You only get it one time. You know, you might believe in reincarnation, but it's not proven, so we can't say for sure. Or, or any religion or anything. But yeah, I think for me, it's like, I have sort of decided in recent years that what I value above everything else really is just having passion and being passionate about the things that you're doing and not really devoting any time or effort into something that you don't really care about. You know, because some people just do things because, you know, it makes sense at the time or they feel like they should be doing something. But it's, it's like if you don't really care about it, then you should be looking for something else. Because whenever you do find that thing that you're just passionate about and you care about it for any number of reasons, you know, you're just aligning yourself with who you think you are or who you want to be. Um, there come time there comes times where you don't really have a choice unless you choose not to do the thing that is right or should be done of let's say you have a child and you need to get a second job in order to support the child you know and I think that gets down to the very core not just of life itself but of the human and how you know I read an article the other day saying that humans are not biologically meant to be happy you know they're just very good at knowing how to survive and dwelling on sad things like and being depressed is like a defense mechanism because it can help you to realize the dangers of things. Well, I mean, if you look at the happiest people you ever meet, if you actually talk to them and learn more about them and try to see why they're just so happy, it's because, you know, they've probably been through some shit and they've just learned how to look on the brighter side of life because there's always... There's always a good side and a bad side, and the really happy people that you meet, they're, you know, they've just learned to look at all the good, yeah. and they they always say, oh well, there's just much more good than bad, you know, like life isn't as bad as you make it out to be, and what I would say to that is, you know, 
there's always going to be as much bad as there is good. It just depends on how you're looking at it and what you're choosing to focus on, what you're choosing to let bring you down. They might be that kindly older person who, if a stressful situation arises, they don't freak out or worry because either they've seen it before or they just know that like it's not going to transgress into something that's going to be really detrimental. Um, I think it very much does relate to like just having experiences in life you know I think it is good to diversify your experiences because then not only do you gain like a, a better knowledge of the world and your world and so you might not be as biased or prejudiced but you become able to deal with things easier um, because you realise the very nature of life itself you know I read online that, or I heard a man speaking on, on, on a video that life itself is neutral you know you might be walking down the street and be judging people and begrudging on have annoyances and you're thinking about yourself and stuff but life itself is just a neutral thing there is no domineering emotions bigger than you it's only the way that you as an individual see the world that you will feel about it. Well, and I mean, the person that is experiencing the emotions, if they aren't distracted by anything else, the emotions are just so... They're at the forefront of your experience. So you, you, know, you feel like the emotions are the only thing happening and they're just larger than everything else because you know, that, that's your experience in that moment. And sometimes emotions are very overwhelming, especially bad ones, I'd say. I mean, sometimes I feel euphoric and I'm like, hey, life isn't as bad as I thought it would be. You know, this, these things are going well. I love these people. Like, things are okay. But for the most part, the bad emotions are much more overwhelming and, like, uh, I guess, noticeable. Yeah, I mean, and that's what I'm saying. Like, I think as you age and see more of life and whether or not you try to embrace life and see what you can learn from it you're, you're going to end up having experiences anyway and I think if you're the right type of person and have a good head on your shoulders then you, you learn to learn about life and when a situation happens to you and you could interpret it as just like oh you know fuck me this is awful what am I going to do Unless it's really bad, you could just say to yourself, well, I'll get through it somehow. It's not going to be great for a while, but maybe I can plan it out and see what I can do. And honestly, I think a mindset that I've had recently, which is very relevant to you know what we're talking about and the experience that I recently went through, I've been trying to view my experiences more in the way that, you know, I've I've felt this way before rather than this has never happened to me because it's like I've never had a father die before exactly. this has never happened to me before and like a lot of people are like oh wow like I can't you know I, I can't begin to imagine what you're going through like this is crazy and I'm just kind of like you know this has never happened to me before it's really big but I've felt versions of these feelings before because you know, there's only like how many how many emotions like less than 10 emotions um that have been like said to be emotions in psychology or whatever you would say about it but 
you know, what, what I tell myself whenever I'm going through something or having a very difficult experience um, is, you know, I've had versions of this emotion before. I've felt similar things, even if I've never had this happen to me before. Like, you can call those small deaths, you know, when things happen to you and just part of you is like, it's like a big cake. Just cut slices and gone, you know, like you don't feel well and whenever you get older you know at least if you are maturing in the in the proper ways if you could even call it that if you are growing if you're learning from your experiences I think as you get older you just realize that some things just aren't as big as they seem or as we make them out to be I think one of the main things about becoming older and, and realizing the the context of your life is is realizing that the moment um, you know and I think it makes sense right because as you age every year becomes quicker and quicker and quicker so time passes quicker right the older you get and so I think realistically it makes sense that moments are very fleeting and to be dramatic in a single moment you know it might not make sense but but in the human sense it's just very everything's passing in front of your eyes so a moment itself is not something to worsen with your own emotions if a bad thing happens it's time to take charge of the situation and see because very soon you'll be in the next moment and did something that you did in the last moment help you in this one because worrying is not going to help anybody, you know. So there, there's a, I think there's a very strange battle between logic, rational logic, and emotional capability as you age and realize what life is. Well, also, like, do you want to spend your life worrying? You know, that kind of stuff. And also, you can look at it as all you have is the current moment. And like the experiencing the experience that you are having at the current moment right now, that is all that's guaranteed. So you know, make the most of it, either enjoy it or learn from it or whatever. But you could, you know, you could die in your sleep tonight. You could not wake up tomorrow. Um, and you know, when you're dead, it's like unable. Although you're gonna be unable to experience anything, it's like you won't really be able to care so right now you instead of being afraid of everything instead of being afraid of death um, not experiencing everything that you wanted to in life um, being afraid of people hurting you it's just like try to make the most of right now what have you been wanting to do what are, what are you passionate about what is within the realm of possibility like do what you are passionate about, like I was saying before. I think, yeah, I mean, I think that lends itself to a lot of experimentation, which is, you know, stuff like, it might be with asking someone out, or it could be taking any other kind of chance, where most often people will regret not doing it, or regret not trying out things. 
So even if you're not someone who likes to experiment and take risks, you know, small risks, there's there's the balance, you know, of uh, of living in the moment and trying to do the best that you can. And sometimes you might think that being as comfortable as you can be, as as safe and guarded, but other times you will never realize that the best you, that you can do is something that you haven't tried. And that is the real learning aspects from life. So if you get these people, either people coming up to you or other external things offering you chances, maybe don't discount it right away. Maybe just, you know, it's like something that I've been thinking about recently where more research is coming out, it seems, where that if people take longer on decisions, they're less happy. Know, just straight up that's how it is you'll be more depressed if you're if you think too long about decisions and I find myself at the gas station looking at food to buy and stuff and so yeah you like recently you know my brother asked me to go on a trip and I'm just kind of like part of me is just kind of like it's easier just to say yes almost you know but it's easier because I know that I might regret it. And yeah. so that's me just making a quick decision and not having to face the consequences of a laboursome, nerve-wracking thought. And also you can be like, you know, what's the worst that could happen if I just go see what happens, have that experience? I mean, with last words. <laughs> well, I mean, specifically with, like, asking people out and, you know, making new friends, just interacting with people that you're not super comfortable with, it's like, what's the worst that could happen? Usually, like, whenever we're thinking about all the things that could go wrong, like, oh, what if they hate me? What if they, you know, what if they tell everybody what I did and I get super embarrassed? It's like, who gives a fuck, dude? Like, Don't talk to those people. You either don't talk to him or, but, but also it's like you may get embarrassed with somebody like and you're like oh this is the end of the world I can't believe I did that and you think about it for weeks but then like they're like oh that was weird and then 10 minutes later they forget about it and they never think about it again it's like like we were saying things are just larger in your head than they are in real life or they are in other people's heads yeah I mean I think it is good to own up to yourself and be true to yourself you know I think I've had a few times in life where people try and poke fun at me and I kind of shut them down. I'm like, yep, that was me. So, you know, they're kind of like, yep, I guess yeah, I can't say anything more. People, like, picking fun at you, they're just riding on your own embarrassment. Like, so if you don't show that you're embarrassed, it's like, what are they riding on anymore, really? And that can maybe make you more of an individual and make you feel more solidarity in a negative or positive sense. But at the same time, I think um, it's good to, it is just sometimes good to make decisions, trusting yourself, your gut instinct in a moment, oftentimes your gut instinct is telling you what you instinctually should do and deal with the consequences later. Other decisions require more thought. Yeah, something I, I like that you, that you wrote here, um is uh, life is just a series of sensations. It is what you make it. And I think that's related to what we're talking about right now because it's like, you know, you're going to be experiencing things, you're going to be feeling things, having emotions, whatever. Maybe sometimes you're going to be on autopilot, just 
doing what you know you should be doing or like doing something by memory if you're at work and you're doing the same thing every day maybe sometimes you're just gonna fucking do what you do every day not even have to think about it not gonna be feeling anything it's just completely autopilot but it's like whenever you die maybe maybe right before you'll remember all of the things that you felt all the people that you met all of your experiences and whenever you die those are just you know things that happen but they're not going to be memories anymore because they were your memories there was a quote that I read recently and it said something along the lines of of all those weeks and years working or you know rising and sleeping and eating and, and traveling in the modern commute system you know we have Little did I know that they were life. And I think sometimes without that constant realization that your mortality is all you have, the moment can seem like a fake thing almost. Like the moment isn't that important because all you want to get home and relax. You know, sometimes I think it can be stressful to always be on your game, in your mind, but maybe that's the key to succeeding, you know, where you're always perceptive, but being kind to yourself as well. Yeah, I think being perceptive is, I would say it's, it's always a good thing to do, unless you're just in such an overwhelming situation that being completely perceptive of everything and being completely present in that moment would just be super harmful to you but I think almost always because if you aren't in that situation and being mindful and being perceptive of everything that's happening uh, checking yourself for how you're feeling and checking in with yourself um, then what are you doing really like what experience what are you actually experiencing other than just being there existing and just being in your head stuck in whatever you are thinking about well you know it, it always comes around again ignorance is bliss and but I the the bliss feeling is temporary yeah, I, I think in some states, you know, you can become quite comfortable um, by just not having to think about as much because you are in a system or a part of a group or an organization of sorts that, that cares for you and allows you to not broaden yourself or to think outside the box well yeah I think just in general being alone in anything makes things harder um, I think it makes you grow and whenever you have to spend some time alone uh, it can definitely be a positive thing but that doesn't mean that it doesn't make it harder I think sometimes uh, your situation being difficult can be a positive thing just because you know you grow you learn um maybe you become a better person or somebody that's more capable of um, living your life but 
I think being alone is hard, even if you're good at it, or even if you're an introvert. It just it helps to have people around you that are either in the same situation or people that just care about you. Just having that security blanket, like knowing that you're not alone. I mean, as a species, it's more natural to be around others. To, you know, whether it's the oxytocin you get from a hug or that feeling of relief almost that you get from telling someone your troubles. Um, there's countless artists who have spent time alone and then came out with something that made them famous and successful. But there's countless people who, of course, have been alone and never gotten I mean, I think if you're spending time alone, but you're not making it a productive experience, then, I mean, nothing good is going to come from it because some people are just, right. Yeah. you know, they, they blame others for their situation. They just think about how lonely they are and they don't make anything out of it, which is, I think if you're, if you're in a bad place and you're wallowing and self-pity about being alone, maybe it's time to find some people if you can or change your mindset because I mean, I've been there but these days I'm alone quite a lot and I'm okay but you're like actively trying to change the way you view it and like you're actively trying to be okay I think you know yeah I mean I, I still go out and do a lot of things mm-hmm. to, to ensure that I won't be too stagnant like with my dad I think he he played the victim a lot and after you know he messed up his own life he ended up being alone and he just told himself that people didn't want to spend time with him and it wasn't his fault it was the people around him that that were being shitty and he ended up you know not really doing anything productive with his time he just sat around and drank and did nothing and he just worked himself into a deep depression and then I mean he ended up drinking himself to death so it's like I think that also shows me that if you aren't being productive with your time, if you aren't really trying to maximize your experience in life, then there's really no point. And that's why it's like, like I said earlier, life is not always better than death. If you aren't enjoying life at all, if you're not making the efforts to, you know, enjoy your experience at all, then you're just going to end up dying unhappy. Maybe you should make an effort to somehow change your situation for big or small. And you're going to have failures, but it's like, it's also a matter of not giving up after you try something and it just doesn't work out. Or like, you go out and do something or you meet people and you're like, hey, I'm still depressed or I'm still unfulfilled. What do I do now? It's not always that easy, you know? Yeah, I mean, I was watching a documentary about, you know, the American West, and there's an old-school rancher who, year after year, you know, like, he failed college, and then the girl that he loved didn't want to marry him, and then eventually they did, and then their house flooded, and then 5,000 sheep died in a winter storm, and it's just, like, awful, 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 year after year after year, and sometimes life is just not amazing. Obviously, we have the homeless, you know, a lot of homeless people, I think it might even be as high as 75% of homeless people have a mental illness, 
you know, and they might not necessarily be homeless just because they have an addiction or because they, you know, they couldn't pay their rent or whatnot. And sometimes life deals you a shitty card and mm-hmm. it really fucking sucks. Yeah. And those can be immense opportunities to learn about yourself and the world. And it might take years to come back from that. But I think just like you were saying out there, you know, I can really only imagine that a lot of people who, for example, were homeless but managed to recover and then find themselves in more comfortable conditions, I can really only imagine that they would be fairly down-to-earth people. Obviously not everyone is, but after having gone through hard experiences, big or small, I think, they give you the opportunity to to work on yourself because after that hard experience is over you can look back on it and, uh, and marvel and reflect at your own self-determination and that is the essence of life it's survival in any way that that means you know one final thing I wanted to talk about for, for a while um, before we close things out Something we we wrote on on the list or the game plan or whatever that really stood out to me today whenever we were going back over it and reading it before we started the episode. Um, we wrote here, nobody ever really knew the real you when, you when you're dead, you know. Your sense of self only exists in your own head. And I think for me, you know, whatever um, kinds of fears I have about death and dying I think a lot of it has to do with you know I I have this strong sense of self I find myself to be somebody that is valuable to others and I have things that I want to say and I want people to hear me I want people to I guess have a glimpse into my experience and maybe touch others but you know whenever you're dead people just remember their own perception of you and nobody really ever will be able to see into your own consciousness or how you saw yourself they only have your their own memory of you and i think that is sort of um scary to me but i think the only way to make peace with that with that idea is just thinking about it and going over it, making your own peace with it. I guess telling yourself that, you know, while you should have a a solid sense of self when you are alive, it shouldn't be something that you're scared of disappearing because one day it, it will and that's inevitable. I think there's a few jobs in life, you know, whether it might be your actual physical job where you make money or are fulfilled. There's the job of reconciling with yourself, and for some people that's a lot harder than it is for others, because there's situations, but dealing with your own mental health and, and hopefully accepting yourself, or not even needing to, just being comfortable and not challenging yourself in the first place. I think many people are probably like that, which is 
good. Maybe that's a bit of ignorance is bliss, you know? Maybe not. I think... You need to be able to to understand yourself to a certain degree and, and like I was saying earlier I think it's, it's very important to be kind to yourself and I don't think that's something that is mentioned enough uh, especially today with young people um, it's a tough world you know and there's a lot of these emotions especially if you're very young and you experience them for the first time you know, you're not going to be able to know how to deal with that and it's, it's very important to to, to try your best and to stand up for yourself and be confident in ways that you can but I think you also must understand that even if you make mistakes and then you realise later that you shouldn't have done that or whatever it's very important to be kind to yourself and to understand that you have many chances in life and if you go through the motions when you're young as you're older you might be dealing with more and more serious problems but as you age you're also able to deal with them accordingly because of your experience it's important to to go easy on yourself so that you're not so that you're not fighting yourself but maybe you're constructively fighting that what you, that what you need to in the external world I think for me when I think about this I I think about how you should view yourself as a person of value somebody that can touch others in an important way somebody that deserves happiness somebody that deserves self-love but in spite of all those things you shouldn't forget everybody else's individual experience whenever you're just thinking about how special you are and because uh, I think I think that could lead to you viewing your own experience as the objective way of thinking or like your experience is the center of solipsism almost or like, like you know life is a movie you're the mm-hmm. protagonist yeah. the, the movie is you know, seeing from your eyes, you're the narrator, the protagonist. There's the viewer. certainly many ways to interpret it. Yeah. So yeah, you, you can't be the protagonist, the narrator, the viewer. Like every the, the life is just your experience, kind of like the Truman Show. It's mm-hmm. like fucking everybody else is just a computer, not an individual. All that matters is you. Because if you end up in that line of thinking, then you will be fucking afraid of death. You'll be terrified because it's like whenever I die, like life won't go on you know like the world will be gone this is all there is sounds pretty relaxing to me in a way I think but that's the thing it's not relaxing it is nothing is what I believe but I think another way of thinking about it is just like hey like this is my experience I have all these people around me that you know I care about I have things these things that I enjoy doing I'm gonna do more of them and one day I will die and the people will remember me and they'll still love me and then my loved ones that are still there whenever I die they'll go on about their lives and they'll still you know have meaningful lives they'll still care about things I'll I'll just be one person 
that isn't there anymore. Yeah, I mean, I think, of course, you know, the other tidbit to what I was saying about being kind to yourself is I think you should almost always be kind to other people. Because, in a weird way, if you're kind to other people, that can help out helping you. You know, everybody has a good feeling of being generous. Um, it's just not right to to deny another person what you think you should have or would like the golden rule and whatnot. And I think that gets to a place where objective, objectivity and subjectivity meet because you might think you're special and that can be a good thing but it's also very important I think to realise that even if just from birth we're all the same person and we all deserve a chance you know and if people fight you and it's obvious that you can't be kind to them I mean sometimes they do say uh, fight them with kindness and it can be quite a powerful tactic as well but I think you should uh, you should avoid stressing yourself out and just realise that uh, sometimes other people are having a hard time but sometimes you're having a hard time as well so it's important to and I think whenever you are whenever you're just naturally prone um, to just thinking very philosophically like what does all this mean why am I here is this a life that's just created from my own consciousness or is all of this real and then some people you know think oh well the world was created by a god and he also created me and I'm just a player in this game it's, I, think I think that's an easy way to under, to explain that. It's extremely complex. Well, and some people yeah. just take the you know the easy way out. They like they're like, like oh well, this makes sense to me. This brings me comfort. It's all okay. I mean, I say I say I might say ignorance is bliss in relation to religious people, but in a way, I also envy that. Oh, I definitely envy it, dude. Like out of my entire family, I'm the only atheist. I mean, and you've told me that sometimes you feel a sense of remorse, I think, when people ask you about it. Yeah, because I think just the way I was brought up, it was almost put into my head that that is like a bad thing to believe. They're like, oh, well, if he doesn't believe in God and he doesn't follow this religion, then he lost his way and that's his loss. That's something bad that he did. But for me, it's like, I mean, I'm influenced by that and sometimes I do feel a little bit like, of guilt um, just because of the way I was brought up but for me it's just like you know I wish I could believe those things and I could have that comfort I think for me it's probably just the opposite or if I was to become religious I, I, I actually I know my family would be okay with it because they've said that to me but I think I, I myself would also have a sense of just feeling uncomfortable because my family was always like, not overtly, but like, oh, religious people are like weird. Like, that's a really strange thing. Mm-hmm. 
but you know, I mean, uh, we haven't addressed too much. I mean, but the religion itself, many religions, not they don't give you the opportunity. They they tell you there is the opportunity to live after life, live in after life in the afterlife. And you know, for me and you, might not believe that. I think it's a very important thing because in a way it's like a back door you know at least in like the Christian sense it's like oh you should be a good person because then you will be given a reward it's kind of strange and the reward is being with your family like why couldn't I just be my family in the first place I don't yeah, know no, that but, yeah. I mean you do get to be with your family now but you also could lace it you're cool yeah but it's like everybody at my dad's memorial was just talking about oh well, he's in a better place now we'll see you soon and I'm like well he isn't anywhere um I will never see him again but that's cool I mean if that makes you feel better he's in this urn he's in this book cause it's like that's what death is you know like it's not oh see you later it's like Hey, like, love the times we had together. I'm sad. You're gone. But it's okay, because I'll always remember you. And I'll always love you. Even though you're not here. Yeah. I think, I think especially in a physical sense, if you have someone cremated and you have your ashes and you spread them. I think for me, that's probably the most spiritual I can be, where it's like, you were a human born of this earth. Now return to the earth. And the earth that I forever walk upon would be the earth that you lived upon and are a part of. You know, it's a very physical sense of spirituality. I, yeah, I, I mean, we're gonna, and we're we're spreading his ashes on the coast, um, in like a week, actually. Yeah. And just like thinking about that, you know, like I'll probably take trips down to that very beach for the rest of my life, and just sit there on the sand maybe a cold brew in my hand just listening to like some of his favorite music you can let the sand run through your fingers and not only think about your dad but think about all the people who have lived there or, or all of them and just think about you know how like when somebody's life ends they're not gone they're, they're their mi- sense of them is gone from you and like my brother was saying in his speech at the memorial, it's like so much of his behaviors and who he is as a person was because of my dad, you know, like his influence will never die. His memory will never die. The memories of you that live on in people are actually, are actually you living on. And yeah, so it's not only in the blood, but it's in your actions. If you want people to remember you well, then you should be well in what you do. But don't just do it for other people. Do it for the sake of it. Yeah. Alright. Well, I think we're signing off. I'm going to go take a pee. We're going to go get something to eat. But that's our... That's our episode. Signing off. Bitch.